Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6. Let's stand on the Word of God. What a day it's going to be. I want to tell you something. I don't know how anybody goes through all that they go through without Jesus and the hope of heaven. And it's not a hope so, it's a hope I know so. Amen. I know there's a heaven. This is real. This is all real. Amen. And thank God for it. It says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou can do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? And therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me which I knew not. There's the whole crux of the sermon. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Now listen to verse 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the faithfulness of your people. God, as I think about all the people that's volunteered to cook and those, dear God, that have already come by, went by the funeral home and are going by the funeral home, Lord, I thank you for such a church. I thank you for a loving church. I thank you for a kind church. I thank you for a caring church for a hurting world. And Lord, we thank you, dear God, that we can look in your word tonight and realize why some bad things, tragic things, happen to good people. And Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts and encourage us, God, to be faithful in season, out of season, when things are going great and when the bottom drops out. Lord, thank you so much for your grace, your peace, and your presence in times of need. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I have a little sermon that I preach a lot. Uh, I got several years ago when I was preaching after our preacher uh, resigned in Claxton, Georgia, caught in adultery, and then later on, I believe, murdered his wife. And I was the assistant pastor at that time. And uh, I preached a message on why Christians have trouble, because I figured we had a bunch of trouble. And one of the reasons is because of the sin of other people. And folks, I want to tell you something. We have trouble sometimes because of our sin. Hebrews 12, 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he scourges and chases every sin he receiveth. But it's not always because of sin. Then sometimes it's miraculous change. God heals. I believe that, don't you? And boy, I prayed uh, uh, Wednesday and Thursday for God to heal. And you know something? He did, ultimately. There'll be no more sickness, no more sorrow there. And then sometimes it's for uh, chastening, sometimes it's for uh, a change, a, a miracle, but sometimes it's for conditioning. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 4 says he gives us comfort that we can comfort others. But it's always for conforming, always. All things work together. And so I want to I wanna, I wanna, uh, uh, end the message with that thought about what is the main message of Job. And I don't believe it's, Suffering, I believe it's to know God and to know that God is still on the throne no matter what you go through and that he's available, that he knows where you're at when you don't even know why you're at the place in your life. And so last week we talked about sometimes because of sin, even letting sin take its course, sin will kill you, intoxicated. That means toxin. Uh, it'll, liquor will kill you. Smoking will kill you. Drugs will kill you. It'll fry your brain. Some of y'all are still having trouble over your days of drug addiction. 
Say amen right there. You just, you're not even got over it yet. Uh, it's awful. It'll stay with you. And thank God, for, friend, uh, the Lord uh, intervenes and saves our soul. And then, then uh, I believe that not only is it for um, the power that comes through suffering, uh, the grace of God, but it's, it's fruit. It's productivity. If you want to have all P's in this, in this outline. Uh, God's grace is sufficient, but thank God, friend, I want to tell you something, his purging is sufficient too. Fanny J. Crosby was used greatly of God, and she didn't have a wonderful life. She was blind by, by a country preacher with mustard polis when she was just a baby. Brokenness leads to usability. Isn't it amazing how much more we pray when we're having trouble? You know, a lot of times we pray more in the emergency rooms than we do in the prayer room. And so God knows that, and God gives us more compassion, more compassion than purity. Uh, the Bible says that we shall come forth as gold. The Bible says in Job chapter 23, one of my favorite verses, and it, and it talks about the theme of Job that I'll, I'm going to summarize, is that, but he knoweth the way that I take. God knows where you're at. And it says, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And so, folks, you might not know where you're at, but God knows where you're at. And you might not have the explanation of all that you're going through. But I want to tell you something God does. He knows. And he's got his hand on the thermostat. And he knows exactly what, what he needs to do to be magnified through your life. And then last but not least, or next to last but not least, last week we talked about praise comes through suffering. The weak things, that word really means debilitated, it means sickly, it means weak. The weak things confound the strong, amen? The simple things confound the, the wise. And uh, last week, I announced the topic of the next message, funeral message I'd preach. And that's found in John 21, 19, I'm going to be true to that tomorrow. In John chapter 21, 19 the Bible tells us that even through death, God can get the glory. Amen. Even through your death, God can get the glory. I hope God does get the glory through my death. I hope I'm not dying on the sidelines or dying in bitterness or dying in sin. You need to finish right, amen? If you, if you don't finish right, thank God Brother Larry finished right. His last words to the glory class was, I pray that we all would be faithful until God calls us home. That's the last thing he said before we led in prayer. Uh, you say, oh, boy, that, God must have told him. No, he didn't know that what was going to happen this week, but he just, that was his theme of life, is to be faithful to the end. I was talking to, uh, was it Josh or Matthew I was talking to? Matthew, okay. Uh, outside the funeral home just a few minutes ago. I can't, you know, they're identical twins, so don't think I don't know them. I just don't know them. I don't know which one's which. And he said, you know, I, I said, how you doing? And he said, well, my heart's got peace, but my head gets in the way. And that's about the way we are, isn't it? Yes. You know, we want our heart to have peace, but Brother Steve, our head gets in the way. We start trying to trace God instead of trust Him. We start trying to figure this thing out. We try to try to analyze it. And I want to tell you something, His ways are above our ways. You might as well not analyze it. You might as well just stop tracing God and trust Him. That's, right. that's the whole message tonight. We can go now. But look at verse, chapter 21, verse 19. It says... This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Now he told Peter he's going to be crucified upside down, or crucified, and historians tell us that he would not get crucified like his Lord, and they hung him upside down on a cross. 
And he said, this spake he signifying by what death he would glorify God. Thank God for that. I won't preach my message for tomorrow, but I want to tell you something, folks. Trouble is a great time to glorify God. Amen. Let's summarize this series for a second. Why does bad things happen to good people? I'll tell you why. Because God's testing you and trying you, and he's putting you up on a platform because the world never notices you when everything's going good. But the world will get the monoculars out when everything's going bad. Because they think you're going to serve God for what you can get out of it. Job chapter 1. But folks, Job was not serving God for what he could get out of him. He was serving God because God the Holy God was God. We can glorify God. And the devil's a deceiver. And he wants to lie to you. And he wants you to get upset. But folks, we shouldn't have if faith. We ought to have though faith. A lot of people uh, serve God if uh, you do this, I'll do this, God. We make, let's make a deal, is what we say. But I'm going to tell you what really counts. I'm going to tell you what really is a blessing. Is though he slay me, yet will I serve him. There's no, 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 no parking place, no place to backslide in your heart. And folks, there are very special people who are called to suffer. Brother Gary Ledford, he was called to suffer all his life. Um, the Apostle Paul was called to suffer all his life. And he prayed three times and God wouldn't heal him. And so I believe that when we keep on keeping on and we're faithful and we praise God during trouble, I'm not, I'm not talking this charismatic junk where you just say, praise God, it's not there. No, it's there. But you praise him by not quitting. You praise him by not fretting. You praise him by not pouting. You praise him by not shaking your fist at God. And you praise him by not letting your brain get in the way and say, God, i got to figure this thing out. Why am I going through this junk? Well, it might be because of sin. It might be because of um, uh, uh, chastening. and It might be conditioning. God's going to use you greatly in the future in this valley that you're going through. Uh, it might be for a change, God's going to heal you miraculously. But it's always to make you more like God, and it's always to make you to, uh, where you're appreciative of who God is. That's the theme of Job, that God is God. And folks, I'm here by God's appointment. Uh, 19th century author Andrew Murray said this, I am here by God's appointment, I'm here in God's keeping, I'm here under His training, and I'm here for His time. That's a this phenomenal statement. We are here, no matter what, for God's glory. And folks, that's the ultimate reason that we're here. And so the greater question is not why does bad things happen to good people. It's why good people are here. And that's for His glory. I want you to see in this message... The trouble in a Christian's life, fifthly, is given to us for a greater perception of God. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah was devastated by King Uzziah's death when he tried to become God, his priest. And God slayed him. It devastates you too. And it ought to put the fear of God in you. 
But the basic theme of the book of Job is not suffering. The basic theme of the book of Job is God. God. And folks, the book of Job does not answer many questions. But the book of Job says this, God is God and God is enough and God will help when your life falls apart. Amen. Once we get a greater vision of who God is, it often takes suffering to get us that vision. I just want to show you four or five verses and we'll go. The word no is mentioned 40 times in 39 verses in the book of Job. No. The first time it's mentioned is Job 13, 23. Would you turn there with me? Job 13, 23. I just want to show you the word no in the book of Job. It'll help you to understand why you're going through what you're going through if you're going through some tough times. How many is going through some tough times? Hit the altar. It's the only place to be. Amen. You can't handle it. I guarantee you that. If you're not careful, the devil will use it. Because he loves to use discouragement, don't he? You ever been discouraged? Sometimes I get discouraged when God doesn't answer my prayer the way I wanted it. And that's the most selfish thing you ever heard of in your life. I was praying fervently that God would heal my friend, my prayer partner. I was probably praying selfishly because I didn't want to see him go. You ever prayed like that? Yes. Even saw a sticker on the back of his truck when I was over there trying to lock the doors. It's, it said on the back of that truck, uh, I believe in the power of prayer. I said, that's a sign. Praise God. I stopped right in the rain, took a picture of it, so share it with y'all. That was a dumb thing to do. Take a picture in the rain. But I said, let's, let's agree together for God to work a miracle. And he did. But it wasn't the miracle I wanted. I'll just be honest with you. I won't be transparent with you. Y'all can fire me after the service. I don't care. But uh, I, I did, that wasn't the miracle I wanted. And that was very selfish. And it was very self-centered. But I didn't know how to handle it. Except to pray. But you know something? I believe that we ought to pray by faith that God will have his way and his will and pray for miracles. And sometimes he performs those miracles. And he always does what's best for his glory. Look at this, John, Job 13, verse 23. We ain't got time to go to Job. I mean, John, Job, Job 13, 23. How many are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgressions and my sin. So the first thing that Job realized, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve anything. God, you bless me in spite of me. We need to know that we're sinners and that everything God gives us is perfect and good from above, as the Sunday school lesson taught us this morning, amen, is that God's good, and God's good all the time. We're not good, we're not good all the time. Sometimes that's why God has to get our attention. But praise God, the Lord is perfect, and we are sinners. Then number two, Job 19.25. Just a Bible study on the word no. Job 19.25. It says, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, that he shall stand at the latter days upon the earth. Amen. Amen. Folks, listen, you might know you're a sinner, but praise God, you ought to know who the Savior is. And you ought to know that he's the Redeemer, and praise God, he liveth. And not only does he live to take you to heaven like he did Brother Larry this past 
week, but he, he wants you to have some heavenly peace when all chaos breaks out, when all sickness comes upon you and all the news is bad and everything's going wrong and every sinner's trying to surround you and question your spirituality. He wants you to say, hey, my Redeemer liveth. Praise God, he's coming again. I'll tell you, the doctrine of the second coming will encourage you more than anything else. Number three, we see in Job chapter 23, verse 10. Can't get away from that chapter. It says, but he knoweth the way that I take. Where he hath tried me, when, when he hath tried me, he shall, I shall come forth as gold. Praise God, that takes some heat, don't it? And look at verse, uh, <clears throat> chapter 24, verse 1. Why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty. Why? Seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty. Do they that know him, it says, do they that know him not see his days? In other words, he knows where I'm at and he knows what I'm going through. God knows what you're going through. And he cares. Look at Job chapter 31 verse 6. We'll go to the last ch chapter and close. Don't pack up yet now. Job chapter 31 verse 6. The Bible says, let, let me be weighed in an even balance. God may know, <clears throat> listen to this now, my integrity. You know what integrity is? It's doing right when nobody knows. <clears throat> it's doing right because what, what is right. It's doing right because you fear God. A man of integrity. A man that just does right. God knows my heart, and he is just. We ought to know that he's just, but he's also merciful. Look at that verse. Job 31, 6. Let me be weighed in an even balance. He's just. That God may know my integrity. He knows your heart. Don't let everybody try to second guess you or condemn you or accuse you. That's the devil's part. You just stay by the stuff. And stay faithful. Job chapter 36, verse 26. Job 36, verse 26. This is so interesting to me. And folks, the word suffering is not the theme. It's knowing God's the theme. Look at this. Job 36, verse 26. It says, Behold, God is great. How many say amen there? And we know him not. Neither can we number the, can the number of his years be searched out? Folks, we know him not. You know what that's saying? We can't trace God. We've got to trust him. He's far above us. We know him not. But I love, and I'll close with this chapter, our text, Job 42. And I want you to look at verse 2. Job 42, verse 2. And I just want to give you the first Six verses, a little, a little, a few thoughts, and we'll go. The Bible says in verse two, "I know that thou can do everything, canst do, canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee." I want to say this: God's able. If you go back to Job chapter 9, he starts praising God in the midst of all his accusations and sin and hurting and sickness. He lost it all, friend. He lost it all. 
In Job chapter 9, verse 4, Job says this, He is wise in heart and mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered. He said, God, keep my heart soft during this time of trials. Job chapter 9, verse 4. Look at verse 8. It says, Which alone spreadeth out the heavens and spreadeth upon the waves of the sea. He's a creator. He's a sustainer. He's God. He's God Almighty. He can do what he wants to. Amen? Whether we like it or not. But look at verse 10. Which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. Praise God. He does great things past finding out. You know, I love what Brother Johnny used to sing up here with the choir. Uh, After a while, we'll understand why. What a great song that is. Because you know something? Until after a while, we won't understand why. And so we must accept his will. We might not like his will, but we got to accept his will, church. God performs wonders. He treads on the waves of the sea. And so Job's greatest blessing was not regaining his health. It was not regaining his wealth. It was not rebuilding his family. The greatest blessing of the book of Job is he got to know God. He got to know God. I'm sorry to say a lot of us are so stubborn and so selfish that it takes terrible suffering sometimes for us to get to know God. I want you to look at these verses in Job chapter 42. and I'll just, I'm just, I'm just going to give you the outline. I'm not going to preach it. It says in verse 1 that we need to recognize and have a revelation of who God is. We don't need explanations of God. We need a revelation of God. And folks, I just want you to know that times like these, we need to see God. We've got to see God. If you don't see God, you'll get bitter when somebody dies. You'll get bitter and get out of church. I've preached funerals of little babies. I mean, I'll never forget the time I went into the funeral home and there was a couple on their knees just weeping. He lived right, Jason was his name. He lived right over here on... Uh, uh, off Lawson Drive, and I think it was Magnolia Drive, and, and there were this convulsion of pain, and there's a little white cask about that big. Man, I had no answers. I had no explanation. And folks, all I wanted to do is pray for them, them to recognize God is still God and not get angry and not turn on them. And they both did sad. I don't know if they're in church today. I hope they are. But How often do we shake our fist at God and say, God, that's not what I want. And so God's not our delivery boy, our cart boy, our grocery boy. God's God. And as soon as we find out God is still on the throne, and this is what verse 1 says. In Job chapter 42, verse 1, it says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, look at verse 2 now, He says, I know that thou can do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Folks, we need to recognize the deity of God, amen? The power of God. Then number two, we need to recognize about his declaration. Look at verse three. It says, who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understand not. I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. And so we need to realize 
that he recognizes that God declares who he is, but sometimes I can't see it. I can't feel it. I don't like it. So we lack perception to even to speak. At that time, we need to not even presuppose. We just need to pray and say, God, help us. And then I see also he recognized about his deficiency. Look at verse 4. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. He's saying, I need God. I need God. In times like these, what a beautiful song this morning, Brother Randy. We need the Savior. And that seems like just a song, but I want to tell you something. It's a reality. We need God. Some of y'all been through some, some, some terrible times. Heartbreaking times. Some of y'all have lost a mate. A husband. Miss Joanne. A wife. A child. Miss Teresa. I can't fathom how you felt and how you feel. But I pray to God that we'll realize, and y'all do because of y'all's faithfulness, we still need God. And we can't turn from God. Some of y'all have been really hurt in your marriages. You need God. It's not a time to get mad at God or take a vacation from God or shake your fist at God and say, I'm not going to serve you anymore because you didn't do what I wanted you to do. It's a time to say, God, I need you. In other words, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. You ever been to that point? Amen. There's a lot of times I can't handle it. But God can. And then verse 5 says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of, of the ear, but now my eyes seeth thee. We need to recognize something about discernment. God uses trouble to help us to see him. God drives us to our knees. God brings back our tears for others. God uses trouble for the furtherance of the gospel. God uses trials and tribulations to be a blessing to others. Fanny J. Crosby, what a blessing. I love her songs. I hope we never go contemporary where we don't have Fanny J. Crosby's old songs. I don't think we will. And so, Romans 8, 28 says, All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. And we take that verse sometimes as a magical little verse, but I like verse 29 of Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says this, for we know that all things, and here's the key word, works together. For good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. How many love God? Say amen. amen. How many believe you're called according to his purpose? His purpose is for you to glorify God. But look at this, for when he did foreknow, he did predestine, to, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. What's that saying? All things work together to make us more like Jesus. And folks, working individually, it stinks. It 
hurts. It's like lard, it's like flour, it's like baking soda. Individually, it will choke you. But praise God, put it in a hand of a master shelf like my wife. I sure love homemade biscuits. And folks, I want to tell you something. Individually, some of us have been going through some stuff because of sin of others, because of sorrow, because of God's will for our life. He's letting us go through it. It just seems devastating. But God says work it together. You know what that means? Yield to his hand. He's crushing the clay, breaking the clay, smashing the clay to make a beautiful picture of himself. He's smelting the gold. He's refining the gold. He's bringing forth diamonds out of your life. And so the greater question is not why does bad things happen to good people, but what is the purpose of life? And it's not to be comfortable all the time. And it's not to be happy all the time. The purpose of life is to be holy. The purpose of life is to glorify God no matter what. Father, use this message and use all three messages on why bad things happen to good people. And God, help us, Lord, to realize that we need a greater revelation of who God is when the bottom falls out, when trials and tribulation come. We need to, Lord, learn and discern who you are. And, Lord, we might hear about you, but, boy, during trouble, we can see you work in a mighty way. God, use the trials to break us, to make us, to mold us, Fill us to overflowing. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us during trials. Melt us. Use us. Stir us. Make us more like you. And Lord, we know it's going to take faith. It's going to take a whole lot of trust. And Lord, it's not going to, you're not going to answer all the questions we have. Lord, you understand when we pray for wisdom, not to waste trouble. And so, Lord, I pray that we not waste the valleys. But God, we dig wells for when people go through those valleys, they'll realize who you are. God, may we be as Job, not have all the answers about suffering, not all the answers about why bad things happen to good people, but God, that we might just see you know you and love you no matter what. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't know if you need this message, but I sure did. I believe God is doing something really good in this church. And that sometimes He uses trials. Like when Horatio Spafford said goodbye to four little daughters drowned in the sea. And by faith we can sing it as well. And by faith we can say God is still well. And by faith we can say God's still on the throne. And that is the whole goal of men. 
to lift him up as a God that's in control. That God is God. Let's stand quietly to our feet. Maybe you'd like to make your way to this altar. We could have a prayer for the Reimer family. We could have a prayer for those that are suffering. I wish somebody would pray for Brother Lamar. He'd pray for you. That's right. I wish somebody would pray for Brother Gary. He'd pray for you. I wish somebody would pray for those missionaries that are going through tribulations and trials and persecution. They're walking in trouble. I wish somebody would pray for them as we close the service. Who is it you know is hurt? Who is it you know is going through what you went through, a loss of a mom, a dad? You can pray for them. You've been there. Come on, just a, just a moment of prayer. We'll be out of here by 7. Unless we just break out into a Holy Ghost prayer meeting and then they won't mind us missing the visitation. Because they'll, they'll have a visitation from God on your behalf. Somebody else. Maybe you'd like to come to this altar and say, I'm not handling what I'm going through like I should, but I want to. Boy, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to not question God. It's hard to not say, Lord, why? But folks, if you're not careful, you'll get hard. And you'll get bitter. And you'll regret the day that you ever turned your face from God and shook your fist at God. Randy, sing that verse or two. Amen. There's time to pray, folks. Come on.